Ja, oké, okay, we're good. Welcome to the fourth episode of the non-neurotypical art students. Um, we had already three guests, and my first one was Matty, an English neurodiverse art student. And I thought that was so much fun to ask another neuro English neurodiverse <laughs> art student. Uh, this time from uh, second year from my uh, from the master I'm doing from nonlinear narrative. Although you're almost graduating, right? Yeah, graduate yeah. in January. I'm like oh. year two and a half. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. So we're also rooting for from you. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, please thanks. root for her. <laughs> okay. Um, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah? I'm okay. okay. I mean, I just badly burnt my hand, actually. Oh, really? I poured water on it. Oh. But maybe this relates to what we're about to is talk it, about, actually. Is that uh, from uh, the water from the water tap next to our classroom? No, it was, it was at home. I was just pouring pasta from a colander and it slipped somehow and I oh, dropped it everywhere. Okay. But apart oh. from that, I'm good. Okay, cool, cool. Hey, can you maybe introduce yourself? Yes, uh, my name's Hafi. I'm 27 and I am from the UK. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, what else? Okay, can you maybe, uh, uh, what are your neurotypes? Ah, okay, yes. Yeah, so um, the first one I was diagnosed with was um, dyspraxia mm -hmm. back in 2016, um, I think, yes. Mm -hmm. And then um, I'm on the waiting list to get tested for ADD. And also a few months ago, I was diagnosed with BPD, which is okay. borderline personality disorder. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so, so ADD, you're still in the process. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, now I uh, uh, like uh, in our last episode, we have Marike. So she mm. explained ADD. Mm -hmm. But can you, I'm going to ask you like a real, a real big thing to explain all three of them. Okay. Can you maybe? I'll try. Okay, so I start with with the one I'm the least um, uh, I uh, have the least knowledge about. Can you maybe uh, explain to me what dyspraxia is? Yes. Uh, mm -hmm. So dyspraxia is a developmental um, neurological thing. Mm -hmm. uh, they they're not really sure where it comes from. Could be genetic, but you're born with it. Like your brain functions differently. I think it has trouble uh, processing information. The way that I understood it, I don't know if this is right, is that the two sides of your, like you kind of feel like you have to force information across. Mm -hmm. Like for example, in my test, he made me read this paragraph of text um, and then afterwards would ask me questions about it. Yeah. So I read it fine, like da da da, yeah, it was something about whales. And then he asked me a specific thing mm -hmm. and I just had no idea. Like the information, yeah. you really have to force it to go in. And it also affects your, um, sometimes your speech, your motor skills, it's memory recall, Like, you're really clumsy, hence why I've yeah. burnt my hand. <laughs> I view it as a form of self-entertainment sometimes. Okay. Yeah. And last time I talked with Marika and she had, um, uh, she had dyslexia. Mm. And uh, there, are, there are parts of it that I heard that sounds kind of similar. Is, does, it, does it touch certain, certain characteristics of uh, dyslexia? Um, I think so in a way. From my understanding, dyslexia is mostly uh, to do with reading and understanding words. Yeah. I'd say in a way, like when I have read text, I view it visually in a way yeah. also. But I, I wouldn't like, I don't have trouble like reading a word or like reading text. It's more than the processing and understanding of 
what I've read. But I do like sometimes would like when I was younger as well, I'd mix up my D's and my B's. Like I draw oh, yeah. them back to front and like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, uh, that is the dyspraxia. I will come back after that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you also had borderline. What mm-hmm. is that exactly? Um, so borderline is uh, yeah, it's a they call it a personality disorder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's now also known as an emotionally unstable personality disorder. Yeah. And it's just to do with processing of emotion. Like when you were young, you didn't learn how to regulate your emotions. So you feel everything very intensely, basically. Mm-hmm. And it yeah. affects, um, yeah, you have a real loss of um, sense of an identity as well. And like, yeah, yeah it's, it's really like personal, emotional one, but it affects everything. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but like ADD is also you have to help me out with it. What it's um, what it stands for. It has attention a, deficit disorder. Yeah, cool. I remembered this time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you are better prepared than I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, but um, now I, um, but what I what I heard a lot is that ADD has is is also something has also something to do with your emotional uh, processing, right? So um, does this does it have a well, let me just ask it another way. Can you maybe also explain what ADD is? Yeah, I think like for me, this is why I never, I never, um, I used to blame all of my problems on dyspraxia mm-hmm. basically, because dyspraxia is so wide ranging. Yeah. Like it used to have, uh, like it does also affect your emotions um, as well as like borderline is the more intense one. And ADD for me, it's more about um, my, concentration and memory like i'll start off on one thing everyone will probably notice whilst we're talking mm-hmm. i i start off and i just go in this line and i don't really know where i've gone like if i'm on my laptop i'll like go to a web browser to do like to google something for a piece of work i'm doing and then i get distracted by something else and that will lead yeah. to something else and then i'll go back and i was like oh yeah i was supposed to google this like yeah um yeah and just like memory problems real forgetfulness yeah. um it sounds like does it does it this borderline this um, disorder maybe also affect your ADD and vice versa that it all is actually it's not like you have like three different neurotypes it's, they, mm. it's kind of of a yeah how you said it they all holistic yeah like, they all yeah they yeah. all are they all are holistic you know mm. so um, but is it like yeah how do I how do I see it you know from what I found actually so fascinating by this. I have only autism, mm. so um, for me it's like really clear. Bam! Everything, everything that comes towards this point, and we can therefore grab it. Mm. But is it maybe also that some things that you say and some characteristics are very fluid? Some are yeah. maybe in, in uh, affected by your dyspraxia, some by your ADD, some by your borderline. How does it actually work? Yeah, that's that's the thing. Obviously, because I've been only diagnosed quite recently with all of them. I mean, dyspraxia was the furthest away. But but yeah, my friend, um, when I was back home for summer, was just like, I actually find it so funny how much you blame on dyspraxia. Mm -hmm. Because that was the the first thing that was given to me. But the more that I've learned and the more, yeah, that I've been told what I might have. Mm -hmm. But they they overlap completely. Like, I think dyspraxia overlaps on all of them. Yeah. I'm not sure. I don't know so much about ADD at the moment. I'm kind of new to... Yeah, understanding yeah. like what that would be for me like yeah. if i'm diagnosed but 
I, I definitely see them. Like yeah. I have a twin as well, who when I got diagnosed with dyspraxia, got her own test, was also oh. dyspraxic. Well, um, there, is a, there is another Hattie. Yes. <laughs> but, but is she also diagnosed, she said? Yeah, yeah. With, yeah she, she went to get a diagnosis after me. Okay. Um, like the reason I did it is um, when you go to university in the UK, especially art school, like I went to art school, she didn't. Um, you, because you're mo more likely to have dyslexia, you get tested because um, the UK government will then give you like a laptop and a printer and a scanner. So everyone would just want to get tested anyway. <laughs> so I was like, sure, why not? Yeah. And then at the end of this dyslexia test, he made me fill out this form. And then he was like, you have dyspraxia. And I was like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. And then, yeah, I was speaking about it and I rung my mum and I was like, mum, you have it. Like grandpa has it. Like yeah. we called him bump bump because he always used to hit his head. Like, because he was really tall as well. Like he'd always have mm -hmm. scars on his head. Yeah, so my sister got tested. And now, like, I found out about Borderline. Yeah. Um, I was speaking to her about it. And I actually think she, she has it more, um, she has it stronger than me in a sense, because yeah. the classic thing with Borderline is that you're very mm, kind of volatile and, like, outwardly angry, whereas I have a subtype which is quiet Borderline. So, like, all of my emotions are inside and I, like, suffer alone. Yeah. But, and we had this conversation, like, yeah, we just thought everything was dyspraxia. It's also with aid. ADD, right? I mean, as I understood, is that uh, the difference with ADHD is that ADHD has, of course, the hyper mm. between it, but that you also really express your um, your spontaneous and your and your kind of maybe a bit haphazardly thoughts that you have. Mm. And with ADD, you also have them, but you tend to keep them more inside. So you're so yeah. it's actually a, a little uh, more invisible than ADHD is. Yeah. Yeah. So that also comes plus than borderline. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for, yeah. For my subtype, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for but, sure. <laughs> but now I, um, I have I have to make sure I don't switch up with all those things. Yeah. Um, but um, as I'm asked, from you're the first person I know of dyspraxia. Mm -hmm. but do you think that maybe the UK is developed way more into recognizing such a thing than the Netherlands? Hundred percent. Yeah, a hundred percent. Like when I came here, mm. uh, and we had the first meeting with the with Pauline, the mm -hmm. counselor, and you just have to like she asked the question, okay, is there anything we should know about? And I was like. Okay, yeah, I have dyspraxia. And she was yeah. like, uh, dys <laughs> dyspraxia? How do you spell yeah. this? I'll look it up. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's it's really unknown. Like, it's more unknown. And people just kind of view it as this clumsy disorder. But it's yeah. so much more than that. Like, that's the thing that's most outwardly there and obvious to other people. But the thing that I really struggle with from yeah. it is, like, the processing and organization. Like, yeah. but um, anyway, back to your question. <laughs> I'm trying to stay with the questions. Yeah, very good. But... Um, yeah, if you I've, want me uh, to uh, repeat it, just say so. I will so, do. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I think it comes from because they have um, the disability like student body, the DSA, which mm -hmm. is Disability Student Allowance. So you get tested for free if you're studying in the UK. You can just get tested for free if like. Yeah. You, obviously, you have to like go through a process. Like not just anyone can do. You have to have been suggested yeah. that you have it. Um, but yeah, and then I think it's really highly prevalent among art students because you are more likely to be dyslexic or dyspraxic. Um, but otherwise, I think it's hard for people to access because you have to pay. Mm -hmm. And it and in the, the, in the Netherlands, you I'm mean. not sure about the Netherlands. Oh, you're okay. But cool. I know if you don't do it at university in the UK, you have to pay. Like yeah. my sister had to pay. Yeah. 
um, but she just really wanted to know. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and I think it's also good because you then get a lot of help. Like, mm -hmm. yes, you get the free equipment, which actually is really good with all the software, but I also had a mentor that I saw once a week. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I only got diagnosed in my last year, but it was so helpful. I just sit with her and she'd like guide me to help me organize the next week coming up on this Excel document. And we, we developed color codes for like different tasks. Because yeah. I also really have an understanding like, of the time it takes to do stuff. Like I'm always so ambitious and have all these ideas. Mm -hmm. And then I can't see that it's too much. Also, I'm bad at organizing and time management. So then it gets to like a week before and I'm like, oh, yeah, <laughs> oops. So it really helped me to break down these tasks and be yeah. realistic about how long they take. Yeah. Mm. But when I kind of asked you on the way into this podcast mm. or with the recording of this podcast, I asked you, uh, you're going to graduate. Do you know when does it going to happen? You said very specifically, yeah, seven, seven weeks from now. Yeah. Is that also a way of you to actually think from, okay, I right now seven weeks. This is, yeah. this is the, the time I have that you're not really thinking like dates anymore, but more in the time measure. Yeah, it could. Yeah, yeah I, maybe. I yeah. think it could be. Yeah. Like I also, I always just look at the calendar and pick the day yeah. and I'm like, okay, countdown like yeah. on the weeks. Yeah. And, and I've done like a little yeah. thing on my wall. But then, yeah, it's, I, I also like really, um, I work well with structure and I think that's why I didn't graduate last time with Corona, like yeah. plus going through getting diagnosed with BPD. Yeah. Um, I, and I just, I just had nothing to grasp onto anymore. Like I had yeah. no concept of anything. Like I really like think and deal with things spatially. Like I have to see everything at once and like, yeah. Go like have these reference points. If I'm just sat alone in my room with a laptop screen for endless weeks, it's like, what? What am I doing? Like, yeah. Who am I? Where am I? What's going on? Like, I have yeah. no idea anymore. Yeah, maybe also um, because because it kind of really recognizes how it's, it kind of looks very sometimes uh, how autism works or mm. how I experience autism. Also with a lot of very color coded things but also to really have some sort of an urge to understand how every week looks like mm. i mean if um if one week looks for instance to actually cope with it i we have also to read this text of maker mm. now you know of course how hard it can be yeah uh, so we had so i really had to set on myself every wednesday i go to the library and um, I'm going to start reading this text and try to read it as much as possible. So I know my whole Wednesday is also the day we have off. Yeah. I'm going to use the whole day to really concentrate only on that. And that worked like really well. Mm. But then there were like these two weeks where the, the Dutch government even closed the libraries. Mm, yeah. yeah. And I was fucked. Yeah. <laughs> you know, from yeah. I had really no, no idea how to ever do this. My whole structure was gone. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's hard, especially like, I mean, this sounds also, it's good because you're setting up structure for yourself. Mm -hmm. This is what I strive to do, but then totally fail at. Like, yeah. I work so much better with an outside influence of like, okay, you have this class on this day and like, yeah. you have this time. Like, because when, when I first started studying here, you know, you know how it is. It's like mm -hmm. high octane all the time. Like, yeah. <laughs> there's, like, you don't have time to stop. And yeah. then when I finally had time to stop it, like everything just melted so yeah. easily. Yeah. Yeah, but maybe it's also something to do that you might uh, know how to structure it, but someone has to tell you what is the most logical thing to do. 
at this moment. I'm yeah. not sure, you know, I'm not sure now I'm really using my own experience. Mm. Uh, since I, um, since I have to be honest, um, I'm not really sure how um, this, why do we, okay, why do you think in the first place that actually dyspraxia is not that much in common in the Netherlands as in the UK? I really don't know. Uh, like, I, I haven't researched it. I mean, the only thing I can think is, is like because of the system that's set up in the UK for people to get yeah. diagnosed. I also think because it's lesser known, people are way less likely to be diagnosed when they're younger. Yeah. I only know of one person who was diagnosed when uh, I think he was 12 or something yeah. like that. But um, he went to a boarding school. So there was like a lot of contact with teachers yeah. and like it really came out because he was also doing music school so it's like <laughs> do you think it's a systematic thing actually from okay let me just put it another way mm. uh, did you already knew during your um you know i have not really a picture how the how the english school system looks like mm. just like foreigners uh, have really no idea how the school system looks yeah. like so um when someone mentioned it, I just uh, I just uh, put it in the way and said, "Yeah, <laughs> I'm not yeah. going to explain explain anyway." But during um, primary school or high school, did you already thought that you have that you uh, that you kind of face some limitations, which you thought afterwards, "Oh, this could be linked to my to one of the neurotypes yeah. I have right now." Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, like with with borderline, because you go so far back in your life mm -hmm. to see how these things developed, because it really you can only be diagnosed as an adult. Yeah. Like looking back, I see. For what? For borderline. For borderline, yeah, yeah that's the the thing that I can. Which is actually a bias, most. right? Hmm? I mean, it's actually very big bias. I mean, you could also. Um, is it not possible for like children to to be diagnosed with borderline? No, because when you have a personality disorder, it means. Um, like there, there are things that you can deal with whilst you're growing up and like learn certain skills, mm -hmm. but you only get diagnosed as an adult because that's when it's understood that you can't like, it's not naturally going to happen anymore. And yeah. it's called a personality disorder because the problem is in like your personality. Like, yeah. I mean, it's a bad way to put it because when, yeah. I, when they told me, I was like, what's the problem with my personality? <laughs> but they say it like that to show how ingrained and deep set and difficult it is like to untangle from it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I like in primary school, I don't know, I always felt kind of like lonely and isolated yeah. in a way. Like I didn't feel super connected to other people. I was always in my head and super anxious. Yeah. In terms of schoolwork, I always wanted to do really well and I was a good student and I always performed well. Um, so yeah. that that really wasn't so much of a problem apart yeah. from when I started at my secondary school. Yeah. And um, I always remember every parent's evening, like the, the teachers would be like, oh, she's a natural linguist, like natural yeah. artist. And then it would come to my English teacher. <laughs> and she hated me. And <laughs> like, I, I like when I look back at English classes now, I don't remember anything. Like I don't remember learning. I don't, I just remember having this intense struggle of like, okay, I just suck at English. Like, yeah. Because I, I also um, tried to get into this good grammar school, which actually my sister ended up getting into my twin. So we went to different schools because when I was filling out the test, I like missed the two back pages. So I was like, <laughs> so I had to go to this other school. 
Yeah, um, and, and that's the whole thing, right? I mean, I have also this test and some of them never even emphasize there is also a page in the back, which I yeah. which I just really hear a lot that people, uh, yeah, kind of uh, kind of a mistake into doing that. From, oh, this is fine. And no one gives you any clues that you should, that you, you should go further. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it's also the thing of like, now, if I'd been diagnosed with dyspraxia already then, I would have had extra time and maybe yeah. I would have finished the yeah. test. So it's like, yeah, all, I always struggled with writing, but that's what's so good about here. It's like the most help that I've ever had yeah. to write something. And now I understand how it affects me. It's not that I'm just bad at English. It's like, right. okay, I have dyspraxia and it's just more difficult for me and I have yeah. to um, attack it in different ways. Yeah. Well, I bet you speak English. You speak better in English than I do. So. Well, I mean, yeah, but I mean, compared to other English people, I also like. I think with dyspraxic people as well, your your vocabulary becomes very limited because your memory recall for words is so limited. Like, in a, in a way, I can almost like see the word and feel the word, but I can't quite like access it. No, but it's also. I think there's also some sort of beauty into that because mm. that that really feels for me like the perfect combination to become an artist. You know, I just always mm. from I always get the question, uh, and again now I'm more referring to maybe people in the autism spectrum syndrome. But mm. it's sometimes there are some things that you are describing that I that really that really also touches like other neurotypes neuro that yeah. I am really familiar with, such as autism, which you which you have. Uh, maybe similar problems also regarding maybe uh, words. Um, I could even say I um, I uh, couldn't speak until I was four years old. So wow. I'm really so I'm really aware that the speech mm. is actually fair, or, or having already already the free already the free, the freedom of speech is one thing, but are able to speak that is already another privilege. Yeah. Um, that also happens on different layers. Mm. But if not, you also you're maybe also able to convey your message in a whole other ways than only via the linguistic way you know yeah. so then so then an artist is like a very um a a very good solution to to maybe bring something visual that you try to bring out but you're uh which you're verbally maybe uh less able to do yeah yeah I agree with that. But then yeah. also, <laughs> this practice throws a little bit of the spatter yeah. in the works with that, where like you find it uh, difficult, like the, so from research to visual, like yeah. that interpretation again is something yeah. like difficult. Yeah. But I, I, I think that's why so many art students are neuro, like non-neurotypical though, yeah. because like we found other ways to experience and express things mm -hmm. that like, we don't fit so easily into this world that's set up around us. Like it's more difficult for us to relate and function. Yeah. How like is expected from like in commas, like, not yeah. commas. What are these quotes? Quote marks. <laughs> yeah. Normal people. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. This is the this disadvantage of a of a podcast. I really like your yeah. your official your official hand gestures. Yes. Yeah. I mean that's that will all uh, miss the the listeners. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> now I'm the only one who's enjoying this. Um, <laughs> let's see. I want to ask something. What's it? Oh yeah. Uh, do you rather write or make? You think? Um. It's it's so funny because I used to be. I'd make straight away. Like when mm -hmm. I when I was in nursery, apparently I'd literally I wouldn't really speak to anyone else. I'd just sit there and draw all day. Mm -hmm. And I have one memory of like really trying to draw a bike for like a week. I'd been to Centre Parks, which was like At what age was this? Oh, um 
three or four three or four years ago or <laughs> no when i was three or oh four. you were three or four okay. yeah it's like yeah. nursery before you go into the school system like like daycare yeah. kind of thing okay uh what was your question because i forgot <laughs> now uh, if you rather uh if you rather write or you rather oh, create yeah. yeah so okay i always used to be creative and i love drawing yeah. and i do that but in a way i think that um i don't know if it's just growing up or if it is like the institutionalization of art school or like this like overbearing like thought that i need to like have a purpose and fit into capitalism somehow to get a job mm -hmm. so it kind of ruined it for me like yeah. now i feel like i can't make just for the sake of like making or expression like i've really lost that it's something that i want to get back again yeah but now yeah i i really enjoy researching and like writing i find difficult yeah um however like there's a good symbiosis i guess on this course of like being able to do videos yeah like with a voiceover like i've mm. i've discovered that i actually really like um and find it easier to write um speech like a script rather than like an academic piece of text yeah yeah, yeah. because yeah um that's also but i want to get back maybe a thing from what you refer to that you maybe lose wait a second i think i hear you're better than I hear me, so I'm oh, going to. Move it. Yeah, I'm going to replace this <laughs> microphone. Not sure. Does it sound? I'm not really sure. It might be because uh, this is another thing with dyspraxia. Your tone of voice, you tend to just start shouting and yeah. sound angry when you don't sound when you're not when you don't feel angry. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. really difficult. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, now it just also happened like with another podcast with uh, Lorenzo that I, on a certain moment afterwards uh, that uh we were speaking like on the same volume but on one of other weird way you would hear him way clearer than you would hear me so mm. so i'm not sure i mean um but it doesn't matter um yeah now i forgot completely the track of <laughs> yeah so, don't ask me for help because yeah. i don't know <laughs> no yeah yeah i can remember it again cool uh, no, we were, I was actually really interested in what you're saying. Maybe I also have some recognition in that as well, that you have the feeling in that expressing yourself um, forms differently now than maybe mm. years ago. Yeah. In what way do you think? Um, I think it's uh, like growing up and having to have more responsibility. Like, and then, and I think like, with borderline as well, no. uh, because you have this loss of identity, you try and yeah. find it in other things. And I, I really think like, yeah, like all the f fun was kind of taken out of making for me, like, because. Also more that after you got diagnosed and you know, or, or maybe that you are able to uh, cope and to uh, know what's happening in your environment. I don't know from if I'm if yeah, you understand I'm, what I'm saying. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure. I, don't, I it's definitely like I think it stems from a lack of confidence. Yeah. But when it when it stopped becoming doodles and like doing it for fun or like yeah. because we had an assignment in like when I was 12 yeah. to like draw something, yeah. it became like okay, I'm doing this project and I actually learned that I really enjoyed researching about quite heavy like contemporary things. Yeah. And like I that felt more that felt closer to me. But I also think that was like moving out of this small town that I grew up in 
and moving to London and realizing so much stuff. Yeah, with Gusto, where 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 were you born? If I may ask. Uh, Reading. Reading. Mm. Okay. I think I went there on a holiday with my parents. A holiday <laughs> yeah. to Reading. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. My parents, my parents went like went like seven day already seven holidays to England. Uh, yeah. And um, uh, uh, half and half, it was sometimes really shitty weather, but well, it had also uh, one or two years uh, nice way. But yeah. yeah. I mean, we couldn't complain. I mean, we've. Uh, We've are we are used to the Netherlands, but I yeah. think I've uh, I've been there one. But um, no. But point is, from what you're saying, from I've um, I've asked to you, from can you maybe share your? I always ask it to to every person and every guest to share their website or something like that, and you shared something. Can I maybe share that uh, your your what you made like three years ago? Uh, are you still? That? Yeah, no. From um, 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 you've updated your website but you haven't updated it for three years am i right oh true yeah. yes yeah yeah. Yes. yeah so are you still standing behind that what you've posted um okay you can because share it if you want <laughs> but no. everyone it's not up to date <laughs> <laughs> no it's no but i mean i mean still but um not sharing like having a link to it but more sharing this podcast from mm. um the work you made right then was like three years ago and it was a lot longer, about longer <laughs> even but it was Around the time of two of two thousand sixteen, about Brexit and so, and yeah. also about the inauguration of Donald Trump, mm. do you still be? Do you still stand behind that work in the sense from maybe you uh, still stand behind from what you want to say with the work, but do you still uh, think uh, you uh, create such a similar work right now, or you want to create such a similar work with very big topics? Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, I think so. I think. What's different now is um, because we have, like, I haven't really finished anything on this course. Like, mm -hmm. it was set up so differently yeah. for my BA uh, that it would, it was just like we'd have two weeks to do a project, yeah, and then another two weeks to do a different project. So it would be like you focusing on one thing the whole time. So you kind of, and then you'd have a couple months at the end to finish it. Yeah. Whereas here, it's like. You know, everything blends into each other and it's oh, difficult. Still, it's so I, difficult to okay. like stay on top of everything. Yeah, well, I still have the feeling that everything has needs to be finished uh, for the collectives, which happens yeah. in like, what were you saying? Seven weeks? So that will yeah. be like five, five weeks for my, yeah. for me. Um, yeah, I can, but maybe it's also over here, what you're, um, Maybe you're also starting up things that that you think it deserves more time than you are given right now. At least, at yeah. least that uh, is uh, for me when I do. We're talking really about our master course right now, mm. so um, maybe this is a bit of a niche for um, <laughs> a lot of people. But I, um, I have really sometimes the projects that I start right now. Also regarding this podcast, for instance, I wouldn't do justice to this podcast if I would only do it until uh, the winter collectives. Yeah, you know. So yeah. and also with a couple of other projects, which I think from yeah, I mean this deserves way this deserves way more attention than only this kind of uh, time that I put in it because um, I have a way other relationship with it since I am aware. You know, I can kind of start this master program and just start on the on the workplace and try to find a job mm. uh, but i actually do this master 
program because I really, really love what I'm doing and also really love getting supported in what I want to do. Yeah. And um, that become like really the, the center right now. And during my bachelor degree, I had really like, yeah, I need to finish this bachelor degree because I need to have a job right now. I fucking quit it. Yeah. I have I have that already, you know, so it's really for myself, self-development. Yeah. 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 So I don't know if you uh, feel something similar. But, no, I do. You know. And I, I think, yeah, the, the, I, I guess it's also like the older you get and the more that you learn, the more yeah. like in-depth and specific yeah. you get. And I, and I think, um, yeah, I, I never know when to stop researching like especially like now i have mm. the, i had like a period okay just do your graduation project which mm-hmm. i haven't had that much freedom before so again it gets back to structure like mm. when do i stop like now i realize that i've done way too much research but i'm now accepting it's something i can like put in my back pocket and yeah. like projects can just continue to come from that and i have to accept that my graduation mm. project is just a small iteration of that um, but do you then the research you did then more than you put in your project? Do you still see that as a valuable uh, research? Yeah, I think so. But I, yeah, I think I struggle because you kind of want to show like everything that you've done. Like I, I don't know if that's like because I, don't, I I'm trying to think if this relates to my neurotype at all. Like wanting to like not leave anything left out. Like to mm-hmm. show everything and like prove things i think maybe this relates the most to borderline but i think in such a way because i it feels like really you have so much positive really recognizes me yeah uh it's almost eerie but um mm. um there is this um i do that as well honestly i have always i just research way too much yeah. i'm always looking way you know way too much i kind of maybe try to uh what i what i'm more to try to do in my projects is that also have some sort of have you ever have you ever uh, seen Sherlock the, mo- the 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 film series? I think it's from the BBC. Is uh, it is it like yeah with, yeah, with um, Benedict Cumberbatch? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there is this. <laughs> have you ever seen it? Yeah, I have. Yeah. Yeah. There is also this episode where uh, 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 I think the bad guy Matheson, or yeah, yeah. yeah, that he kind of uh, goes into his mind palace. Yeah. And kind of, you know, and kind of hoovers through 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 his library, his mm. mental library, and going to shove over some drawers to look for something. Um, and weirdly enough, uh, this is of course a very Hollywood production, but I think that projection really resembles how I try to research. Yeah. I'm not trying, you know, the, my base is actually that I've read something in the past, yeah, and which I think is very interesting, and maybe try to um uh argumented with things i've already read earlier or seen earlier which yeah. i found also interesting and that i try to incorporate into my work and i have the feeling that i did that i did it less in my previous time maybe more at the earlier time at my bachelor's degree maybe because it has also something with confidence you think oh mm. maybe this is interesting or not for instance i'm a i'm a very big football fan and then i think from yeah what why do people care about football and now i'm thinking man you know i can make a project out of it yeah (laughs) you know nationalism yeah nationalism (laughs) why not (laughs) you know so and also regarding this from yeah i have autism until um, until i was four yeah and i thought we're really yeah who the fuck cares yeah (laughs) Uh, but now i can actually find ways to let people care what i care you know Mm -hmm. so i think that it has also something to do that you do you do you do your research 
But I think even though the value of it is that you do research in one thing you're really interested in. Mm. So you're not only developing your project, but also, but also the, the developing yourself yeah. and developing, um, well, what, yeah, you can say your, your interest or your mind or developing your mind palace. Yeah. Uh, in a way. Yeah, I also yeah. think like when you're non-neurotypical as well, the connections that you make to things are way different. Yeah. But then also I think for me, this is amplified by dyspraxia or potentially ADD. Yeah with like just jumping from one thing to the next and like going on this yeah. strand. Like I think I also, even though I spent a lot of time and care yeah. on my thesis, mm -hmm. I think I also managed to do the same. Like it jumps around a lot. Yeah. And Michael was super supportive and like, and yeah. she's like, literally go where you want to go, where it feels for you, it feels. And it was yeah. really great and I enjoyed the process. But then I remember um, Federico, who's another thesis tutor, mm -hmm. um, like randomly, he just said to me like, he was like, yeah, so um, I like the way that you write and it's interesting, but it's it's not how you write for a thesis. He was like, this isn't like, yeah, so I, I was like, well, I don't understand. like, and then I really had to think about like why he'd said that because it was out of the blue when we were talking about something else. And I was like, oh, but then in a way I, I embraced it. I was like, yeah, this is how I write. Like maybe it's unique yeah, but it's and like, like a very, I'll own that. Yeah. It's like a very valid comment, right? Yeah. I mean, that is also, yeah, I'm not going to attack Federico because he will be also my uh, teacher next year. So he's, Yeah, also so, for the record, this yeah. wasn't an attack. <laughs> okay, it wasn't an attack. <laughs> no. Okay, so I will start off my comment by saying he is very good looking and I think he's, uh, <laughs> he's uh, hopefully give me a very good uh, grade next, uh, next year. Uh, but nevertheless, I think this is, I have, yeah, I have kind of problems with, with such a comment of, yeah, you shouldn't do this like, when you write like like thesis i think yeah. also no but he did he did say like he complimented me the way on i, oh, I wrote but he, yeah he was like i like the way that you write yeah. but this isn't how you write for a thesis but then he said like don't give up the way that you write yeah it was just the like bit like not being about a thesis i was like what? okay like what? well then i uh, take back my uh, comment and i have no fear that he will give me a good grade so, <laughs> <laughs> so um no but yeah um no but that sounds like really promising, right? Actually, because mm. I, I, I actually have the feeling from during his classes, and this is again very niche because we're talking about our own classes, of course, mm -hmm. that he is actually like someone like Federico uh, is actually doing something similar, really, mm. really taking out his own knowledge and try to spread it to, yeah. to us. But therefore it becomes very authentic. Yeah. It becomes like very personal. You know, when I actually listen to someone like Federico or someone who is really in touch with something he really likes and really interested in uh, um, that becomes somehow way more personal and you are way more eager to 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 listen to the person mm -hmm. than when that person has to i don't know give a lecture for school or, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know for something oh i have to choose a topic and have to find something interesting yeah and here's uh the wikipedia article i found and uh, you know from it's it's you can you can really feel when someone is in touch with the topic that person is making and honestly i there is a lot of work i had in the past which i think i will not go back to that mm. because they really touched like very big topics mm. uh whether it was uh, uh racism black lives matter um uh, the inauguration of trump uh fascism i don't know you know ex extremely big things but which i think afterwards from yeah i'm not these are not my keen keen interests 
you know, from when you would ask like Niels, who was like 40 years old and uh, uh, didn't even think of going to the art academy and you would have a conversation with him and you would say to him, hey, what, what do you really like? And then I would say to him, yeah, uh, I used to like, I think around that time, I really was into real football <laughs> uh, most of the time. <laughs> but also, uh, let's see. Um, yeah, let, let's see also a lot of, I think I also uh, used to uh, look, a, look a lot of anime, anime around, mm. around the time. You know, so if you go back to that, so these are like the core interests I mm. had. And if I, and I've already, really researched a lot when I was 14 and therefore developed more and more. So if you go back to that, you know, and if you try, and if I, and I, and if I have the feeling that I try to implement it in my artwork, it mm. becomes way more personal, but therefore it becomes way better. Yeah. Because it's way more genuine, actually, yeah. how I present it. So I try to do that more and more to getting also really in touch with how I was like uh, 10 years ago. Yeah. You know, from what, which, which things did I like and which things I can implement again in my artwork. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. And, that's, and I think then therefore growing up become, doesn't become such a burden. Because you're still having the same playfulness as when I had when I was 14, maybe. Yeah. So that's why I asked also the question regarding to what you're saying mm. from I express myself differently than when I was younger. Um, I think you're right, but I'm also very interested in what ways you were referring to. So that's the question. And I, yeah. and this maybe also has to do with something that I have myself also troubles with that and try to maybe answer that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely like for me when I think about it, it's it's drawing. Like yeah. I don't draw anymore, but I used to. Yeah, me and too. And I loved it, <laughs> but I th I don't know what it is. It's just, like my confidence towards like when it's this is something I chose to study at university mm -hmm. two times, like yeah. and like do a degree in it. I don't know. It has more weight to it then, mm -hmm. and and I think um, because of my neurotypes, I have such terribly low self-esteem and confidence so uh, it, it made it more you know it made it more of an object and a thing to tackle and it's like I really don't like putting myself out there like yeah. I find it really difficult to talk about my work yeah. unless it's something like finished and done and yeah. um but also yeah because then I struggle to remember uh, also like how to talk about it so I just totally freeze up yeah um but what is then yeah. your relation with making some something visual if you make something visual mm. does it because i can really imagine if it's still in your mind it yeah. goes it is it is not i said it not easily to maintain than when you can constantly visually get back to something right i mean how how yeah, i'm kind of feeling this for you and so yeah. you know you will uh, if you are disagree with me please say but mm. um is it maybe something um, what is now just I, I just make an open question before I fuck anything up uh, <laughs> um, what is your relationship towards making something visually does it give you something safe or is it more of an expression or oh, good question <laughs> I, I think right now um, because a lot of the research that I do is not like it's related to kind of legislation, mm -hmm. like law, mm -hmm. you know, things like that, which is not visual at all. Yeah. Like it's not like, so then it's trying to make, what I think I want to do is like make these intangible things tangible. Like that's yeah. 
that's something I want to do. But I think that's because I understand things that are tangible. And I yeah. think what I discovered actually during this course, one of the first projects I did, I did like a huge sculpture, which I'd never done before. Mm -hmm. And I really enjoyed doing that. And I actually miss so much, like being able to make physical things with my hands. Like I find it so much easier to work in that way. Yeah. It's funny, I wish I could like go back in time and like yeah. <laughs> go down a different path. But you can still do it, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, from yeah. I, when I also, you know, this is also I have to say for myself. So this is really not a critique, but also saying to, you know, I'm actually saying it to you, but I'm also saying it yeah. to, like, to myself because like you, I always used to draw. Yeah. And before I uh, go to sleep, when I was in, when I was in bed, I always liked to draw things that I just saw on TV. For instance, I when I was I just talked when I was 14, when I was 10, mm. I really, I really, I really liked Pokemon. So yeah. I tried to design my own Pokemon, you know, and <laughs> be drawing and been and been drawing that four and four. And I felt actually that playfulness just before you're going to sleep to put you really your mind and everything you have yeah. on paper. That was actually so healthy to do. And mm. now I never do that anymore. I just when I go to sleep, really my my phone just really fucks up everything. I need yeah, to that's... I need to watch another tweet of someone I dislike yeah. <laughs> you know and then after that I go to sleep yeah. so my whole way of, pro of processing getting myself into rest has changed so I have sometimes really the feeling I have no other excuse than to go back on putting myself on the paper even it's it's so um, it's 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 so empty like only creating another Pokemon or Doing, you know, doing such like that, uh, really, really having something to put my mind on, and it's and it doesn't have anything to do with structures or with yeah. uh, racism or, or with colonialism or I don't know. It's just really me and my mind uh, putting it on paper. Mm. So yeah, and sometimes I have really the feeling that I that I need to get the playfulness back. Yeah, you know so. And as and as I hear you talking, uh, you know there are kind of similar things where you thought, "Ouch, that's kind of confronting." Uh, for yeah. Me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's true though. And then, but then I I always say to myself like, "Yeah, because yeah, I I definitely used to have like a lot of humor and playfulness yeah. like at the start of my work as well, but now I'm like, okay, but the the topics and things that I'm mm. dealing with like, mm -hmm. it's 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 difficult to have." playfulness in it because it's not a playful thing yeah you know <laughs> yeah yeah no, exactly but, but that's why i'd like to do it again as like a recreational yeah. activity yeah yeah my <laughs> but then i always feel like i'm wasting time you know it's like yeah this is like the same thing um my uh, i i i once had the plan to really throw everything away i made in the first year which i thought from oh this like really... yeah that i thought from oh i really maybe the same relationship as I have when I was only um, when I was 20 years old which is just like four years ago but I really can recall right now maybe you can do you can do you can do that as well when you are 20 or when you are 24 there's like a whole different uh, development between the time at least for me mm. so when I so I'm right now looking at my 20 year old self and think well, I do really make work which I couldn't stand behind it anymore and when I and when I'm 28, I will probably go back and say, "Oh shit, this podcast, Niels. <laughs> what the hell were <laughs> you thinking?" Were you thinking? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And but um, then I'm actually thinking from no. I mean, 
I mean, I was really on the point of F, of F going away. And then my mother said, no, you shouldn't, you shouldn't do that because this is also part of you. Yeah. You know, this is also part of you, even though you cringe in the way how you used your Photoshop and you had like 20, <laughs> 20 different layers on a 20 gigabyte yeah. <laughs> file, oh. you know, which is made really, really terrible. <laughs> this is also you, yeah. you know, and she really convinced me of, 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 um, Letting me, letting me stay in these, these works and I sometimes encounter it. Now I really have the feeling, oh yeah, you know, it's actually a phase where you have to, where you have to think from, oh, this was that you have maybe also to close and I think, oh, maybe it's 20 years not still to close and have to maybe embrace it. Mm -hmm. There is a certain moment after a couple of years that you really embrace your old work again because you thought, yeah, it was bad, but it was at least my bad work yeah. <laughs> that I'm making. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I uh, wanted to, yeah, I actually wanted to ask something else. You're right now uh, two and a half years on the KPK. Mm -hmm. How was your time over here, do you think? Because you said already that you had the feeling that you were helped over here before than everywhere else. Am I right? Uh, no. Okay, then I... Uh, then I uh, <laughs> well, yes, in terms of writing, in okay. terms of writing, yes. Okay, then I uh, misinterpreted. <laughs> okay, but how was your time over here, do you think? Um... Maybe also a bit of rounding off. I don't know if, if yeah. that's too conf confronting because you're always a graduate. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, I think there's there's like one thing that was on my mind mm -hmm. recently, actually thinking about this because I recently had a green light assessment mm -hmm. and then, um, you know, they give you like a pass, a fail or a doubt. Mm -hmm. And like every single time, the only thing I get doubt for is my organizational skills. Yeah. And it just frustrates me because it's like, I, I can't do better than what I'm doing, especially yeah. because there is no help given to me. You know, yeah. it's like, they, I don't have a mentor that the school pays for once a okay. week. Like I only have the skills that I've learned and I do my best. So it's like, it's really demoralizing every time when it's like, you know, it can't just be accepted. Like, okay, I am a bit chaotic yeah. and messy and like, I'm bad with time management, but I can't do more than I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's like something that was on my mind. Yeah. Okay, and now um, in seven weeks, am I right? First of all, did you pass your green light? I did, yes. Yeah, hooray. I got green. <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> hooray, hooray, everybody. <laughs> um, but okay, then comes the second thing, then I might kind of assume you're in seven years, you're an alumni, right? What is the individual word for it? You had alumni, alumnus, alumnu. Um, alumnus is. Yeah, that is, uh, that is, that is like one. single? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I uh, never had had to let in, but yeah, <laughs> okay. But you're an alumnus loose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're done with the school. Um, but how do you picture your future? Do you like, you know, for, okay, that's a very big question, but yeah, let me just put it this way: um, Do you like working? Do you do you rather working maybe under? Uh, under a bus or rather with with people or rather alone? I think definitely with people. Yeah. Like I need other people to ground me sometimes because yeah. I go off in crazy yeah. directions. Like when I work with the right people, it works out really well. Yeah. Like I think if I was left completely to my own devices, yeah. things might go a bit yeah. <laughs> crazy then, to start with. But. but then you also mean like not people only to work to collaborate with your work, but also maybe to fall back on. So what you're saying or yeah well, to like to to stop me when i'm going off in a crazy direction or if i'm doubting something too much i mean maybe that just ends up being 
like having people around to talk to about stuff yeah. like the, you know the right kind of people that you know you can talk to about your work but should they stop you when you go to a crazy or to a crazy direction well this is what i wonder yeah. although in in my old school on ba they'd always be like stick to one thing like they'd always yeah. stop me when i started going i remember the yeah. first week we'd have to come in with what we were going to do for this project and i'd literally just like my sketchbook was just like mind maps mm -hmm. and i'd be like this thing is this thing and they're like okay pick one and do it because actually mm. you only have a week to do it yeah so then i would do it whereas here it's i i always said okay like i know it's a lot but yeah everyone was encouraging like yes but this is all related so it was it's encouraging to hear about at the same time like this alarm was going off in my head because I was like, this is the wrong thing to tell me because I know I need to narrow down. And now yeah. I finally am narrowing down with seven weeks yeah. to go. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And, but then actually you're referring more to uh, keep you on one road. You mean like that? Yeah, just to like put me, like to make me view things realistically. Yeah. Yeah, because okay. I have trouble. I, I I think I am in general an idealist. Yeah, I have a hard time being realistic. Yeah. Sometimes. And that's also what I talked with Marika in the last podcast. Mm. That um, maybe the one that you're now I'm really talking regarding your work that you should be really protected for is uh, for yourself is from yourself because you always reach mm. for the highest. Yeah, but especially when you're doing when you're actually working. Um, for someone or somebody then that might not always be be possible since you have also to uh, do with um with with to deal with uh, uh deadlines and stuff mm. and also maybe other you know so so things like that are not always possible to go for the highest but when you have like a self-initiated assignment then you have the option to really to go as far as you want yeah you that's know? true yeah. so i mean are you then would you then also be you know which if you would do a, like an assignment and you have really no deadline it's self-initiated no one is going to tell you what to do and you're working on the same way as you are doing right now just going to doing way too much research where do you think you will you would you would end up would you eventually end up in the with one work do you think no 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 and i i think now like i i there are small iterations of work but i have yeah. a lot of ideas from this research that i've just like i'm gonna do it after i graduate like yeah it's it's i think sometimes it's hard like when you work this way being mm. in an institution because it's so unnatural and then especially if you're someone who feels pressure and doesn't have that much confidence it all gets a bit crazy you know yeah. whereas if if you're just like deciding to do something it's only the confidence you have to deal with yeah yeah, not there's not pressure. No. <laughs> and time yeah. scales. Yeah, yeah. But do you but do you feel you have that confidence right now more than let's say two two years ago when you started this master program? Yeah, I think mm -hmm. in a way it's opened up a lot of different doors for yeah. me to go into. Um, but also like managed to like cut a lot of things out. I think yeah, yeah it varies. Okay. <laughs> it's something I'll struggle with forever, but um yeah in a way <laughs> yeah okay we've uh talked for 55 minutes okay i think it's uh, time to wrap up what yeah. about you yeah right yeah 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 i uh really like this yeah i really like this talk i like especially maybe because this is the fourth this is the fourth episode and i try to maybe also 
uh, implement also more and more my own experience that mm. I'm also more and more breaking or like breaking up because kind of the thing is from this we haven't this we haven't really thought I mean we've also talked earlier but then um, our recorder didn't uh, work yeah so um, which was still like 45 minutes very fun yeah <laughs> but I had really the feeling that that this conversation is way better than that yeah because uh, we're getting more in depth also with each other but uh, I have also the feeling that I'm getting also more, yeah, I, yeah, how you said more yeah, opening up. More. Yeah, maybe yeah. opening up. Mm. You know, there that there is a that there is less of a structure and of an interviewer to a to a uh, guest yeah. actually because it's a because conversation uh, this, instead. Yeah, yeah, because this is actually how I actually want to see. It's more of yeah, of course I'm right now the person who is constantly hosting the show, but I actually want to work off that. We are talking with two neurodiverse students uh, who can talk with each other about art and about their own their own, their own experiences and mm. uh, that's also my goal actually from I'm right now but then I have also maybe someone else maybe you maybe who knows uh, yeah I'd, sitting... I'd really like to be involved yeah in, no, I think just yeah. that would be really great I'm it's really also thinking... nice that we can create this community now like there's like hearing that there's some people you yeah. have the same neurotypes of me. I'm like, wow. Yeah. Like, the, yeah, you right? know, it's actually someone in real life that I can go and speak to. Yeah. 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 There's someone just like me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, exactly. And um, I think, therefore, you know, that is, that is what I kind of saying from I'm always in a sort of ambiguous position into that. Because on one hand, I really think it will be valuable that you, for instance, may, maybe talk to another or I talk with another student with autism or you with AD, with ADD of, or even dyspraxia. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, I think it's also kind of fun during this conversation that we were actually talking about some things and that constantly unexpected points kind of match each other. Yeah. You know, that you're actually yeah. thinking from, oh, um, 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 I wouldn't say I have, I have maybe, maybe borderline as well, but I would rather say that actually like these neurotypes that we have are sometimes, uh, of course, they are they are created, but are also overlapping. Yeah. So there is no such thing as an island of a of ADD here, yeah. and there's an island of autism over here. There's actually things that are really overlapping each other, mm. and it's that all is one big soup. It's, yeah, it's actually <laughs> one uh, big soup. I mean, with even regarding autism, we said yeah. I, I think they even said from yeah, we're not going to give you. They yeah, used to give you like uh, uh, Asperger syndrome, or, or did you have any more? But uh, mm. now they've kind of said from, yeah, I mean, these, these, these different forms of autism are uh, not distinguished enough from each other. We just make, we just, uh, make one big umbrella and we just call it uh, autism spectrum disorder. Yeah. You know, and I think more and more will happen. I think that's also part of neuroinclusivity that actually yeah. it, becomes, it becomes not as much as disorders, but more of char characteristics. Yeah. You know, from, yeah. I always because maybe you also see it from your neurotype. It has, of course, um, maybe you find always limitations, but like you said earlier, you also find some um, opportunities and also maybe good things, yeah. you know, just like every human being has. I mean, yeah, you, yeah. so that's, you know, from, and they are sometimes, you know, there are also human beings and you have, I like everyone have like bad, bad, uh, 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 you know, bad sides and good sides. Yeah, and I think when yeah. when you start to think of it in terms of characteristics and yeah. stop viewing it as a disorder, yeah. like I mean, 
with borderline, yes, for personal reasons, there are aspects that you like want to work on and solve. Yeah. But it's it, it kind of like rather than people viewing it as a problem, yeah. it then becomes like, you know, actually people can like bend and mm. fit for one another to accommodate yeah. each other. So yeah. that's why I really like knowing and I notice like a lot of my close friends, like yeah. everyone around me, I, I'm drawn to people that yeah. are non-neurotypical, yeah. like and are willing to like yeah. Yeah, find like it, it easy to just bend how they need me to. Yeah, yeah, and if it is a problem, then it should be emphasized that like every problem has its own solutions. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, from I think it's also part of it is to say from if you're indeed going to see its characteristics, you're always way easier to overstep that point. Okay, helping this person doesn't need that much effort. You can also just say, okay, you can also just have a little, a little additions that you can help person with ADD or with dyspraxia or with autism and therefore create create a very neuro-friendly environment uh, and if doing that I think it also helps like uh, uh, just like other people so uh, uh, so let's let's go for that but it would be real fun if we if we indeed you know that's what I'm saying from it will be real, real fun to actually have maybe a bigger team that I won't, mm. won't, won't, won't be the only hosting because uh, I think it also has this value, maybe that you kind of talk with me, where you know, an artist yeah. person. Uh, you know, you're not only you're. Of course, the value is that you also get to know someone else with dyspraxia or with ADD, mm. um, but that you also be aware that um, you are uh, not that you are not alone in your in your in your um, in the problems you have. You yeah. know, they're kind of similar just as your characteristics. And that is uh, and that also goes for like like the, the listeners as, as home. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to wrap this up. Yeah, Thanks for listening. Um, if you want to join or ask me anything or maybe ask Hattie anything. Oh, yeah, that is, the, that, is, that is the first I want to ask. Is there maybe something you want to promote, rather your Instagram or maybe rather give a shout out to people uh, around you? Um. Or, uh, I don't know. You can follow me if you want. It's at citizen.obj. Mm -hmm. And also, yeah, I think I'm personally like the, the thing I feel disconnected with the most in like neurotypes is anyone with borderline personality disorder. Yeah. So like hit me up yeah. no, <laughs> if you want to talk. <laughs> yeah, no, it, yeah, that is a very, that's a very good one. Um, so you can uh, maybe uh, ask Hattie when you have like a borderline personality disorder. Um, you can also, of course, you can also ask me to join, you know, then we can also have a, have a conversation. Mm. Um, might be, uh, you can uh, slide into my, into my DMs and we can <laughs> kind of talk with what that. What an offer. <laughs> you know, and um, um, also uh, if, for instance, a microphone discomforts you, we can also talk like other ways, maybe via the DM or via Teams, you know, or without, without a microphone or if you think I want, I want to tell something and I have to say something or I, or I want to host a podcast. Yeah, no, you can uh, find me on at Neurotypical Art Students, the Instagram account. Uh, you can also send an email to niels.otterman at home.nl. I think I really need a professional one, <laughs> you know, but yeah, at my least... My email sucks as well. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you can reach me on that if you have no Instagram. And um, is there anything else? No, I think that's it. So everything will left me is thank you for listening and thank you for joining Hattie. Yeah, thank I you. Yeah, I think this was like really, really great. So yeah. I'll laugh. And let's hope it's recorded this time. <laughs> yeah, let's uh, I think... 
Yeah, I think he's doing one hour of four minutes. So <laughs> Brilliant. It's cool. Hey, thanks a lot. Yeah, bye sure. bye. Thanks. Bye. <laughs>